welcome to another episode of Image Rights by N Machinery. The only podcast dedicated to image rights in Africa and around the globe. Hello, beautiful people. <laughs> this is Namalanga Machinini, and you are listening to Image Rights by N Machinini. Firstly, I'd like to say Happy New Year because I haven't officially said it on this particular platform. And I'm really grateful that you guys are still tuning in to hear a lot more about image rights protection around the globe. And, you know, it's it's been quite a, a difficult season for me. I've recently changed jobs, but I've also moved house, um, which is why I've been off the radar. But I haven't stopped working. So in the previous season, which I'm actually wrapping up now, we spoke about image rights protection in Africa and we had guest expert speakers coming in from Kenya, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Uganda, Zimbabwe to tell us a little bit more about how image rights are protected in their respective countries. And it was quite an interesting season. I think 2022 was also quite an interesting um year for image rights protection in Africa because we've seen at least a couple of cases um, in 2022, for example, in Nigeria, where Airtel networks had to pay um, 20 million naira for unauthorized use of Adewale's image. Um, we also saw Catherine um, suing uh, Machakos University for unauthorized use of her image in uh, advertising material. So I think in terms of jurisprudence in Africa, um, litigation as well, I think we're doing quite well for image rights protection. It is quite important for us to get into that space where Africa is no longer just a a reader or observer of image rights litigations um, in places like the US um, and Guernsey, but we also need to be a continent that steps up to protect the identities of its people, especially against unlawful commercial exploitation. So I'm quite happy about that. Then we ended off the season by speaking to Gail Schimmel from the Advertising Regulatory Board of South Africa. And she gave us a brief overview of the implications of not disclosing when influencers are basically using their identities commercially in order to market goods and services. So I did promise that I would share my own challenges (laughs) regarding image rights and um, use of image or use of my name and so forth, which I've quite experienced in a number of varying circumstances where, for instance, you'd find that Whenever I do um, a Google audit, because I I tend to do an annual Google audit of my name to find out where is my name showing up and what are people associating my name to. I remember one time I discovered that I had been listed as one of the speakers at a particular conference. (laughs) And I had never, ever received an invitation to that conference. Uh, But my name is on it and I'm associated with that thing. And when I try to reach out to the organizers and say, can you please remove my name? Um, This has nothing to do with me. I was never there. I was never invited. I I got no response. 
Um, and, and this is something that I think is quite important for academics. Since I'm also an academic, you know, it's, it's, it's something that can affect your career when people see your name listed on things that you never actually participated on. Because firstly, you're dealing with false impression, um, which is basically a violation of the right to identity in a South African context. And also you're dealing with um, sort of like a, a misrepresentation, which could potentially be for commercial exploitation, depending on its context. So, <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've dealt with it now, um, and I've tried to find different ways of disassociating myself from stuff that I, I know for a fact I'm not associated with. But this is one of the reasons why I just keep pushing with this conversation about image rights protection. Because I think a lot of people don't even know the kind of recourse that they can actually seek when they have challenges such as uh, image rights violations. I always end every episode with a, a little um, segment at the end that says, remember to control your image rights. And it's also a reminder to me to check for what, where are my pictures going? What is my name being put on? Um, and now that I do podcasting, what way do, is my podcast material um, being played or, or being put up? For whose gain is it? You know, so it's becoming quite important for me to to also observe how my identity is being exploited, which is why I do an annual Google audit of my personality, you know, because the last thing I want is a situation where I wake up and all sorts of claims are going out about me. Um, I think this is why a lot a lot of high profile people will even employ people who deal with reputation management um, on their behalf because of the challenges that we face that usually if if your name or your identity becomes marketable and it looks good on someone's paper, then people are going to use it. Remember that your image rights protect your personality aspects. So stuff like your name, your voice, your signature, your likeness. It could be maybe a particular unique way in which you speak, like a slogan that you use or some something that's associated to you, that is unique to you, and that can each actually be commercially exploited or which you are already commercially exploiting. Okay, and if you want a, a much more in-depth explanation of image rights, you can actually go back to season one, episode one, where I do sort of like a, an overview of what are image rights. The second image rights issue that I have personally come across is what I would call a, a very gray image rights problem um, in the sense that it, it didn't relate to... Uh, um, 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 problematic association with uh, an institution, but it was rather about the way in which my identity was represented by the organization. Um, and it, it occurred in an employee-employee context. I won't get into details about which employer it is or anything like that. But um, basically what happened was I was not 
being represented correctly in terms of my name, my full name, that is. Um, and, you know, it was also a half representation to the public about what I had actually achieved. So the, there's... There's quite an, an, a layer of issues that we could address in that particular context because I had questions relating to the protection of personal information. Um, I had questions relating to misrepresentation or falsification of identity relating to how my name was, was being um, represented to the public. And, you know, it's something that has inspired a paper that I'm currently working on where I'm talking about the regulation of image rights in the context of the employer-employee relationship um, and basically how organizations treat their the identities of their employees. What I was mostly concerned about when this situation occurred was identity not only as an aspect of personality, so not just the fact that my name is an indication of of who I am, but also identity relating to my roots. Um, you know, sometimes we'll think it's something very simple when we cut someone's name short and we, we turn it into a nickname or refer to a person via their nickname. Um, but my experience taught me that identity goes much deeper than just your name. So it's not just a name that we seek to protect, but it's about what it means to the public um, that we are actually focused on as well. And I think as we see development um, in this image rights space, we're going to see another intersection that relates to the more dignity aspects of what your name really holds or what it means about you. So as a result, I've taken it as a, a very strong stance to always be referred to as Norma Langa instead of Norma, because I think the mistake that we make in South Africa especially is that we assume that there is meaning or that it, it, is, it is easier to call someone Norma instead of Norma Langa or Norma Sondo or Norma other other names, you know, but we, we need to ask ourselves, what is, where is the essence of my identity in my name? And in my name, the essence of my identity is that I was born in these days, um, no Malanga. I am actually a Malanga in a sense. So when I see the name Norma on formal documentation, I, I go berserk. Um, call me petty, call me this and that, I don't care. But it is just something that has become extra important for me the more I, I engage in identity and image rights related material. Because I think we shouldn't forget that image rights protection is strongly linked to our human dignity, which is a, a constitutionally protected right in South Africa, but also one of the, the overarching values that are in our South African constitution. So I've had my fair share, I would say, of image rights issues. Um, others are not as straightforward, like I said earlier, but I think it's, it's healthy to engage and, and to discover all these instances because that way at least I will, you know, 
I will come up with new interesting discussions about image rights protections and violations. So as you can see, it's image rights is not sitting in a, a vacuum, you know. Um, image rights interact with a lot of other aspects of um, the law, other aspects of our personality, such as good name, um, basically your reputation, um, such as privacy, such as dignity. And so we're still going to have a long journey on this podcast. You will also remember that we, we covered quite a number of different topics relating to image rights. I mean, we had Ruji Gabwe speaking to us about taxation of image rights proceeds. We also had um, Rutendo speaking to us about intellectual property law intersections with image rights protection. And we also spoke a little bit about advertising with Gail Schimmel. We've also looked at different things such as um, in a context of online gender-based violence with Nathan Ross. We've spoken about sports players in detail with uh, Professor Rothman in the first season. We've also looked at deepfakes and how they affect the protection of image rights with um, Kelsey Farish. We've spoken about catfishing as well in relation to image rights with Lisa Julo. And we've looked at the different methods that are used in the African context with different people such as um, Mugambi and, um, why am I forgetting the names, um, Awayemi Almide. And we spoke to uh, Professor Andrews as well as Kenneth Muhanji about both a comparison of common law protection as well as statutory law protection around Africa. And, you know, I just wanted to wrap up this season by reminding you to always look out for your image rights protection. And I'm hoping that this podcast is actually a tool that can help you to navigate this topic in a much more relaxed setting. And I'm open to any feedback about what we're doing here. But I thought it would be a good idea to continue the conversation in the next season, which is season three, by looking at image rights protection in the BRICS nations. Season three, episode one, is going to kickstart with Brazil, because we're going to talk about the BRICS nations. So that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and then we're going to circle back to South Africa. And I am excited for this particular season. I've got really interesting um, and well-rounded uh, experts talking about image rights protection in their respective countries. And I, I just thought it would be nice to understand some of the, the links and some of the discord that you see with how different nations cover image rights protection. Because this is one of the things that showed up in my thesis quite clearly was that there is a disharmony across the world about how we approach image rights protection, but we all recognize that these rights need protection. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of season three. Um, you can go right ahead and watch it immediately after this. And I will keep updating you on my LinkedIn page, on Twitter, as well as Instagram, remember to follow at IR by 
N Machinini. Uh, you can just look for image rights by N Machinini on all those platforms and you will find the platform so that you never you never miss an episode. You know what is happening, what is coming out, and also send your feedback um, via these platforms about what you appreciate, what you don't appreciate. I actually love constructive criticism because it helps one to improve. So if you ever want to reach out, remember to just check out our pages at RR by N Machinini. And I hope you enjoy the BRICS season. Remember to control your image rights.